With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome into the PFF NFL Daily. Sam Monson here. No Steve today, but we've got a fantastic replacement, Trevor Sikama. How's it going, sir? It's going good, Sam. Appreciate you having me back on the Daily. As always, we uh, have a lot to talk about, too. So we didn't have a shortage of topics, which was great. I didn't have to, like, scratch and claw at the bottom of the barrel to see what we were going to talk about today, which is great. Yeah, no no middle of the offseason searching for topics. We got all kinds right. of stuff after some football. So the one that I want to hit is we talked about, um, you know, which teams is, is it should we panic about yesterday? I want to hit about which teams that actually pulled an upset a surprise in week one, should we be buying into? So have you got one that you you know, didn't see coming, that you saw the upset, and now you're like, all right, I saw a little something from that team. I do, and this is going to sound a little crazy, uh, but I'm going <laughs> to pick Good the start. New York Giants. I'm going to pick the New York Giants as a one-point winner over the Tennessee Titans, and I think that people out there would be like, what in the world? How are you buying into this Giants team? And I'm not buying into the Giants team or buying into this upset for what the record might be this year. I still think the Giants roster is pretty bad. I still don't believe in Daniel Jones, and I still think there's a lot of work to be had with the New York Giants. But what I'm buying into them and what I'm believing about this upset is the attitude, the buzzword of culture, if you will. And it's with Brian Dable, especially. Peter King had a really great uh, excerpt in his Football Morning in America column that came out at the beginning of the week after this game where uh, he got some quotes and some context on exactly what happened in that Giants upset. And before the Giants went for two, before they even scored to go for two, to go up one to beat the Titans, he went around and he asked all of his, not all of his, but it was five defensive players whether or not they would be okay with them going for two. And he didn't do it. King explains that he didn't do it because it's necessarily a democracy, but he did it out of respect for the players. of saying, hey, you guys have worked your butts off this entire game. Defense has worked their ass off to keep this game within a, uh, within a reasonable comeback. And they do end up getting that. And he was basically like, to, to not insult them and the work that they've put in, how much they've sweat and gone through already this game. Do you mind if we go for two, basically? And I, I don't know if he said it like, do you mind? But like, <laughs> he was basically saying like, hey, we're, go, we're going for two. How do you feel about that? And he got five for five unanimous yeses from his defensive players. They end up going for two. They end up winning the game because of that. And afterwards, Brian Dable had a quote and he said, you know, people are going to say a lot of things about me. They've said a lot of things about me for my entire coaching career. But one thing no one will ever say about me is that I'm scared. And I think that you are already seeing a respect from the players to this new regime with the New York Giants. And that just was not the case when Joe Judge was there, when Dave Gettleman was there. It never felt that way. And it feels already like early on, that entire locker room has respect for the people who are making decisions with the New York Giants, which is something that I don't think was the case for the last couple of seasons. So it might not end up in a playoff spot this year or a division title for the Giants this year, but long-term, I'm buying into this upset and what Brian Dable was able to do, that command that he's already getting from his players. 
Yeah, and I love that decision to go for two. I also thought that, you know, as much as Daniel Jones didn't exactly inspire confidence in the game and there was one really bad, you know, interception. Right. Maybe didn't look, maybe it wasn't quite as bad as it looked. You know, I can kind of see what he was trying to do. It was like a back shoulder throw to Saquon Barkley, you know, down the sideline. It's the kind of throw where it's like, you know, you give your guy a chance to make a play and the guy doesn't even think about making a play. So you look terrible. Um, but it was in the red zone. It was a bad opportunity to take that kind of risk, all those kinds of things. But Daniel Jones still wound up passing for, you know, nine yards an attempt, you know, had a couple of touchdowns in there. Like Daniel Jones numbers were pretty good. And that I think is, is sort of speaking to what Brian Dayball can do with a guy like Daniel Jones. Jones might not be the answer. Jones might not be any kind of long-term solution, but I think he's good enough. His baseline is high enough that Brian Dayball can get some production out of that. Yeah, and I'm not even worried about the production for Daniel Jones because I do. I think this is the last year he's the quarterback for the Giants. I think they're going to move on. I think they're going to go in a different direction. It was. It's not even so about the players. It's, it's again, it's about that respect level that he's already getting from those guys, and it just seems like he's going about things the right way. And they'll go to battle for him, if you will. We hear that phrase all the time with with, with guys. So it might not be the embarrassing year that some people projected for the Giants again don't think they're going to be a team above 500 but I loved what I saw early on this was great I love the decision making about it I love the aggressiveness and of course I love the result for the players because it's only going to get them to believe in Dable and this program even more you can see sometimes in the NFL there is a cleansing effect from simply making a change you know at the top of the organization whether it's general manager whether it's head coach I think the uh, the Giants might be a good example of that I think the Vikings are another good example of it the the Mike Zimmer Rick Spielman regime it wasn't bad it was still kind of keeping them in and around the hunt every single year but mm-hmm. the more you hear from players um now this season the more it sounds like that environment that work situation was just getting toxic and simply removing that you know simply going from the Mike Zimmer uh, regime to Kevin O'Connell and this new offense it's making those guys play in a completely different way and okay we've only seen one game but they went out there and had a phenomenal performance on both sides of the ball against the Green Bay Packers and you know if the Packers aren't as good as people thought they would be this season with no wide receivers and with an offensive line that's down players and struggling Maybe the Vikings can actually go on a charge and win that division. Look, that's sometimes what it takes. You mentioned the, the the making a switch. Getting new blood in there gives people reason to be optimistic. And sometimes it can be a little bit hollow, but other times it can be a spark. And I think that we we did. We saw that as early on, at least, with the Vikings and how well they were able to capitalize against the Packers. Now, I will say one of the worst defensive game plans I've seen in a long time by Joe Barry. So, I mean, I don't think it's going to look that easy the next time they play the Green Bay Packers. But look, they capitalized things on things the right way. They emphasized the players that mattered most. They leaned on Justin Jefferson as heavy as they possibly could, and he absolutely rewarded them for it. So it was cool. It was cool to see the Vikings really turn things around because I think for a while now, I've almost been in that boat. Just as an outside analyst, when I think about the Vikings, I go, yeah, I mean, good roster, like good players, but not really doing a ton for me. You know, it's not like I think the Vikings are going to take it over the top and like this is a year where they can really catch fire. I never really felt that way over the last couple of seasons with them in the uh, in the Zimmer regime. So maybe this is something that they just needed. And, and even though the roster is not that different, the outlook is, the motivation is, the emphasis is, and we're going to get some fruits for it. 
The NFL's opening week action was action-packed, but it's just getting started. Get ready for week two of touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on any football game and get $200 in free bets instantly. You want more action? Well, everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings' early win promotion. It's simple. This Sunday, bet on any NFL team to win, and if your team leads by 10 at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team loses. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code PFF to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code PFF only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the, the, the description for details. Yeah, and like <clears throat> the difference between them and some other teams is that their roster wasn't bad to begin with. You know, there were some teams where they were in a terrible right. spot and okay, even with a new culture and a new regime, you just don't have that many good players. The Vikings' talent was enough to get them in and around the playoffs every single season. So it's not like they needed to blow this thing up completely and start over, and that's the only way they're going to be halfway decent. They already have the talent capable of making that kind of impact if they can just play a little bit better. And you're right, as much as you know, defenses aren't going to show up with as bad a game plan to stop Justin Jefferson every single week, but I think it was important the way the Vikings were scheming him open. Because last oh, season... yeah. They didn't do that much of that, you know? Like, I, I I was saying going into this year that they're going to feature Justin Jefferson more heavily. And people were saying, look at his target numbers. Like, how can you feature him more heavily than he's already been? He's getting a ton of targets already. And like, well, like this, right? He was being put in motion a lot. They were moving him around. They were lining him up in different areas. They were causing uh, him to be matched up with linebackers and safeties one-on-one -on -one right. with the route concepts. Like, right. they were going out of their way, the same way the Rams did with Cooper Cup last season, to say, not only have we got a guy that you can't cover, but we're going to make it as difficult as humanly possible for you to put your best guy on him on every single play, and that's how he makes the biggest impact. And I get that, you know, calling a defensive game plan, I'm not trying to oversimplify it. <laughs> But it is so funny how many times it feels like this could happen, where offenses look at defenses and they just go, and, and, and they just choose to not use their players in that way. And it was I agree completely. It was awesome to see Kevin O'Connell take Justin Jefferson and say, "I am going to use you in any way we possibly can to get you." the maximum advantage to be the best player that you can for us every single week. And it's not always going to look like it did against green Bay, but as long as that is your mindset and you were getting the most out of your best players, that's truly coaching. That's maximizing a roster. That's something that, you know, as we talk about this topic here, believing in some of those upset wins, that's what I would want to believe in. Not just the result, but the thought process that went into it. And it just looked like the Vikings were fully prepared to put their guys in the best positions on that day. And you've got to believe that there's going to be a handful of days beyond this, which they are also going to do that. And so that's the part that's most encouraging for me. I agree. I mean, you know, when offenses go up to the line of scrimmage, the quarterback sees something in the defense he doesn't like, and they, they quickly take the timeout and, you know, re reboot. Let's This is not going to work. We're going to go... Anytime a defense looks up and Justin Jefferson is being covered by a guy with 91 on his back, the defense should be taking a timeout. You know what I mean? Like, like whatever we had called, it wasn't going to work. Let's let's bail on this one. Let's come back. Let's try a different plan because that's suicidal. Like that would be a takeaway I would have from that that game plan. Unless there is a corner that is trying to. <laughs> 
uh, like go up against aesthetics as hard as he can and has like number 93 then i would agree with you i think that that's probably not a good thing if that's ever the case all right so quick word before we leave it are there any of the other teams that you would give a a kind of honorable mention for that would be worth talking about uh well i mean they didn't win but they didn't lose. I, the Houston Texans looked a lot better out of the gate than I thought that they were going to be. And yeah. so, you know, they, they, I think that that group was really prepared for the challenge. I also think that the Colts certainly didn't come out of the gate as hot as they needed to. Uh, they need a little bit of tune up for those first couple of quarters. But the Texans were ready and they were ready to throw haymakers early on. And, and for as, I think, depleted as that Texans roster is. They played as about as well as you can expect them to play out of week one. So I would say that the, that would probably be the next team that I would point to that I was actually pretty impressed with as an underdog. I, I had the Texans circled, even though they tied. And I also had Atlanta circled, even though they lost, because oh, yeah. they should have won. <laughs> right. But they you can't ultimately, won. you can't take the Falcons out of the Falcons, but they did look like they can actually do some damage this year, despite being one of the worst teams in the NFL after their their big reboot. So I was quietly impressed by Atlanta. But listen, let us know who you liked as the, the week one upset team that's actually going to make some noise this season. Send us an email, write in the comments. Let us know your thoughts. That's been Trevor. That's been me for today's PFF NFL Daily. <laughs>